This next pitch has popped up. Rizzo giving chase down the right field line at the wall. Wind blowing it back. Anthony on top of the wall. Makes an unbelievable catch. Anthony Rizzo jumps on top of the brick wall. Reaches into the stands as the wind started blowing the ball back. And makes the catch. Another come out of the old one. Way outside. It's a wild pitch. Hi there, and welcome into the second podcast episode of In the Ivy. I am your host, Ryan Scott. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Ryan Scott Sport. Again, this will be a weekly audio podcast where I break down the latest Chicago Cubs games, standing stats, their news, trade rumors, and so much more. It will also feature interviews and special guests, so please be sure to always tune in on Spotify and Apple Music. Like I said, I originally planned and wanted to start this podcast at the beginning of the MLB season. However, scheduling conflicts with work and school, as well as moving houses, did not allow that. But here I am, finally with a microphone, and ready to discuss the beloved Cubbies as we are now halfway through the season. So welcome in. Here we are. Episode 2, as I said, in the Ivy. We're feeling pretty good, right? Yesterday was a good win. It was a huge win against St. Louis. The rival Cardinals were in town. We got a big victory yesterday, 10-5. to We entered yesterday tied with them in the NL Central standings, and now we're just one game up on them. So that feels good, right? A good morale boost, much-needed win. Uh, We're 6-1 and against St. Louis this year. And Hendricks, I mean, Hendricks looked phenomenal yesterday. The professor was, I mean, the class was in session. He's pitched at least six innings in his last 11 starts. That dates all the way back to May 9th. And in that span, his ERA is 2.56. I mean, yesterday he also had four great comebackers. We can talk about those two just in one inning right back at his head. I mean, the professor was definitely dealing yesterday, and he had his stuff defensively on the mound. So a big morale boost yesterday, opening the series up against St. Louis. So hopefully we can get, you know, a couple feel-good wins these last couple games this weekend heading into the All-Star break. Fly that W flag real high above Wrigley one more couple times, you know, with these group of guys that we have. So let's talk about really what happened this week since that first episode, the 11-game losing streak that we talked about that night. It finally came to an end on Wednesday night uh, when the Philadelphia Phillies were in town. Yes, they grabbed three or four from us, but the losing streak was snapped. That losing streak of 11 games, man, it tied the 1880 Buffalo Bisons for the second most consecutive losses after throwing a no-hitter by a team. If we had lost one more to make it 12, it would have tied the 1925 Brooklyn Dodgers, who was leading the league in that category. So going back to last week, we were also in that first place, you know, just 12 days ago. We were tied for first with the Milwaukee Brewers, so the drop back from first place all the way to nine game back in 12 days is tied for the largest fall for a first place team since 1969. All the way back to 1969. Like I said, we were in first place. We went all the way back to nine games back just in 12 days. We slipped below 500. And we also saw Eric Sogard pitch a lot this week. He has five pitching appearances as a position player. And listen to this stat. That's the most of an entire career. That's right, an entire career by a Cubs position player. He's already done that alone this season five pitching appearances just halfway through the year. 
Our arms are tired. Our arms are injured. Sogard made just three pitching appearances alone this past week. Out of the last 14, we've only won two. And out of the last 24 games, the Cubs have only won six. So the losing streak was snapped. The big morale against the St. Louis Cardinals win was yesterday. Things are looking up for the weekend, but as we mentioned, the Cubs are still struggling. They're now third in the NL Central. We look up on the Milwaukee Brewers who are in first. Cincinnati, they're red hot in second. We're right there in third. As we mentioned, we were tied with the Cardinals entering this weekend, entering yesterday. Got that game up on them. We're 6-1 and one against them this year. So we're in third. St. Louis just a game behind us in fourth. And then the Pirates round out the NL Central in fifth place. We mentioned our struggles back to June. We hit just 187 as a team. That was the worst of any month by any team since 1900. 187 as a team. We talk about that playoff pitching that we did see, and of course, Spider Tack maybe was under the radar at the time. It was becoming a bigger issue and being more investigated. But again, we just hit 187 as a team. We struggled. We had the fourth worst strikeout percent in the entire league. Our on-base percentage is 304, and our slugging percentage is under 400 this season. In that month that we struggled in June, just a few weeks ago, we also had a 20-game streak of eight hits or less in each game. 20 games in a row where we couldn't produce more than eight hits. So what that lead to? That led to, you can say, the press conference Jed Hoyer had in the dugout yesterday. A lot of reporters were asking him questions, what's going to happen? Jed Hoyer mentioned 11 days ago, we're fully on the on the buying side. Everyone was calling us about that, and obviously people are now calling to see which players are available. So it's a very different scenario than we ever expected, and life definitely comes at you fast. As we mentioned 12 days ago, we were setting atop of the division right with the Milwaukee Brewers. That skid, I mean, the 11-game losing streak finally came to an end, but that drop back from first place to nine games back in 12, I mean, that was tied for the worst drop back from any team since 1969. Obviously, people knew what was coming for the Chicago Cubs. The writing was kind of on the wall. Was this the end of an era for the Chicago Cubs in that core group? We're kind of facing an overhaul right now. Jed Hoyer kind of mentioned that this definitely is not a rebuild, but apparently everyone is available. So not a rebuild, maybe an end of an era. We have a lot of players worth a lot right now. As we mentioned, KB, Rizzo, Baez, and Davies, they're all becoming free agents after this year, and as well as Jock Peterson and Craig Kimbrell. They all have 2022 options, and Contreras just has one more year of arbitration. So anyone kind of up in the air right now, there was going to be a turnover in 2022, whether we sold or bought this year. It didn't really matter. Like I said, we have a lot of these big-name players just becoming free agents, just having these minimum options and arbitration contracts. So Hoyer is completely open for business. As we mentioned last week, when your playoff odds get into single digits this time of year, you have to keep an eye on the future and what moves you can potentially make to keep and help build that next-generation Cub team, you know. I think you have to look at that, what kind of baseball that we've been playing. and So it's obvious around the league, everyone knows it. I mean, the writing was on the wall, as I said. Everyone saw the struggles of the Chicago Cubs just from five years ago, World Series champions to now. 
the laughing stock of the league again, going on that 11-game losing streak and just having one of the worst months of any team in baseball history. So the trade deadline is coming up as we know it, July 31st. All-Star break starts on Monday. Cubs really got to figure out what kind of pitching staff they will have moving forward and kind of just how they're going to reshape their offense around that. As we mentioned, really anyone is available. We really have to figure out our pitching staff. Like I said, Kyle Hendricks, I mean, he's concrete. Alzale, he's there. We have his stuff for sure. One of the most dominating pitchers in the league in the last five years, and certainly this year, but we'll get into that a little bit more later on, just how dominant the professor has been. Alzale, I mean, he's terrific. His stuff is magnificent, as well as we've seen Justin Steele hopefully come back from injury. I mean, his stuff was so promising earlier on this year, so... Cubs really got to figure out what kind of pitching staff they have and really how we can reshape this offense and bring a little hope to Wrigley Field in this second half and maybe 2022 as Jed Hoyer looks to be selling out. So final goodbyes. We've seen teams showing major interest in Kimbrell. He's listed as the most coveted player in the trade market. I mean, look at the season he's having. Look at the career he's had. His stuff is unmatched as a closer. That ninth inning guy any team wants especially in these must-win situations, you know, late in September in the postseason. So we haven't had him in a lot of situations. We're not a team that will have him in a lot of situations, given our luck going into late games. I mean, as we mentioned, the skid, we're on, we don't have to talk about the 11-game losing streak, but just how much we were outscored in those. I don't think we saw Craig Kimbrell pitch, you know, once in 10 days. We haven't just been able to use him. He doesn't really deserve to be setting in the bullpen with that kind of talent so a lot of teams really eyeing him who could it be you know back to Boston maybe even Houston could it be Oakland I mean one of these teams that really need him in the postseason could definitely be worth something so another guy Chris Bryant I mean the writing's kind of on the wall for him unfortunately he has a ton of career left he's an MVP I mean this season he's looking like an MVP as well He can play more than just third base, so there's been rumors, New York Mets, J.D. Davis, who knows, he can be a fit really anywhere. He'd be a huge attribute to any team. I mean, Chris Bryant, just magnificent at the plate, like I said, he can destroy both right-handed and left-handed pitching. We mentioned another guy who could be on the trade block, Andrew Chafin, the sheriff out of the bullpen, eighth inning guy. He's been just terrific this year as well, 23 consecutive scoreless frames from him. He'd be a major help to any of those teams, you know, as we mentioned with Craig Kimbrell. He's a perfect match with him. So anyone who kind of has that ninth inning closer, he would be a perfect match with them. Any eighth inning, September, late situation scenario. I mean, Andrew Chafin, the the sheriff, is your guy. Anthony Rizzo, he's the heart of any team. I mean, look what he's done for Chicago, for Wrigley, for his hometown, just everything you want in a guy. He'll make such a big impact wherever he is and whoever he teams up with just he can be that role model to the younger group of guys and really lead just any team to victory Baez he's a role model as well he can play any role on any type of team I mean his defense is big magnificent so you can stick him out at short he still plays a little bit of second base too he can be you know that team captain batting third fourth in the lineup with the huge swing but he can also be placed down in that seventh, eighth spot, take the pressure off, you know, big game situation. He comes through in a hit. 
he's got that clutch gene. So Baez, another one of those players that a lot of teams are eyeing and talking about. We mentioned Craig Kimbrell, Chris Bryant, Andrew Chafin, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez. Any of these players can also, you know, get an additional player attached to their contract. We mentioned Ian Happ, Ryan Tapera, Jock Peterson, Eric Sogard, Jason Hayward. I mean, anyone is up in the air right now. So he's going to be attached onto anyone's contract. We don't know who's going to be with us come this second half of the season. And for all of us Cubs fans, it's going to be really, really tough watching any of these guys go. I mean, they did what no other generation did in those uniforms, and they were the greatest team in 108 years at Wrigley Field, that's for sure. This is uh, The last while has been a little bit rough, without a doubt. Don't need to talk much about that, but you know they've proved that we're not the lovable losers anymore. These last five, six years, I mean, we've been in the playoffs the last five out of six years. We were world champions in 2016, and back in the NLCS in 2017, a lot of teams fall out in that return year after you know being champions. So, I mean, it pains me to even think about picturing a lot of these guys playing in uniforms and for other teams. So. I looked up to a lot of these guys my main years of playing myself and growing up. So this was the core group, and I hate to see any of them go, but the writing is kind of there. Sad truth is is near Cubs fans. So let's talk about really what can happen. Arietta was just moved out of the rotation. He was placed on the injured list. We saw Trevor Williams will start in place of him on Sunday at home against the Cardinals. So... Maybe after the break, could Justin Steele be moved into this pitching rotation, as I mentioned in the prior podcast? And Jeff- So Jake Arrieta back to the injured list. Not going to get much more work out of him. Did we see him throw, toss, start for the last time in a Cubs uniform? We could see him out of the bullpen. Maybe he'll get moved down to Iowa. Who knows? But unfortunately, there's really no storybook ending that will magically be written here for Jake Arrieta. But man... I've just always loved Jake's self-assuredness, but unfortunately, I guess he just needs to realize change needs to happen for himself and for the team here. So let's talk about some of these stats. His spin rate has dramatically decreased over this past month alone. His percentile rankings in almost every pitching category is at the very bottom of the league. Unfortunately, he doesn't believe that. We saw the press conference last week. He thinks his stuff, you know compares to just what everyone else is throwing in the game but we see not really with the spin rate that's dropped just so much in the past month and just his rankings in every pitching category almost at the bottom an example I mean his fastball velocity is just the 19th percentile in the league and his extra base hits is ninth so he's allowing a ton of extra base hits and just doesn't have what he used to have you know two three four years ago when we were World Series champions. I mean, fans will remember his confidence and just that will to beat any any team, anywhere, any given moment. I mean, he was one of the most dominating and consequential performances ever with the franchise. So, I mean, he won those 22 games in the Cy Young Award back in 2015, the year before we won the World Series. He had the two no-hitters. The next season, he was an all-star. He was so dominating. I mean, Hoyer, just like my podcast, mentioned that maybe Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele could be moved out of our pitching rotations just to get them some longer outings out of the bullpen, get some more length than these guys in this second half, see their weapons, see their pitches. I mean, more than just a two-inning role, I think we're going to certainly try to put him in a role where he can face more than, you know, a lineup more than just a couple of times with Justin Steele. So 
injuries, just a continued plague for the Cubbies. Luckily, we saw uh, Wilson Contreras go down after a 98-mile-an-hour pitch to the head yesterday right to the temple. Luckily, strongest catcher in the league. I mean, there's no one else that could get up after that and immediately just start jogging down to first. He's good to go. I thought maybe concussion protocol or something. Man, that was scary, but luckily Wilson Contreras is okay. Chris Bryant, he wasn't in the lineup yesterday. He's had that hamstring injury. He came in in that seventh inning. Bases loaded, cleared the bases with a double off the ivy. So his pinch hit was so clutch yesterday to bring the Cubs up, you know, four runs on the Cardinals in the seventh inning. Led us to victory 10-5 yesterday, but not in the lineup, but such a big clutch at bat. We saw the fans at Wrigley just go nuts for his presence. Just couldn't wait to see him come off the bench. So we also saw Javier Baez yesterday was not in the lineup, but shortly before the game started, he did get scratched into the lineup so that thumb was bothering him apparently but he did play um unfortunately brad wick really want to talk about this brad wick yesterday was also placed on the injured list he has an irregular heartbeat last year he underwent that cardiac ablation to correct an atrial flutter last year so just an irregular heartbeat he's the six nine lefty the big man 28 years old he has my prayers and thoughts right now with the irregular heartbeat we activated Ryan Tapera recently. He had that left calf strain. He looked great yesterday against the Cardinals, you know, coming in that seventh inning. One, two, three, Ryan Tapera in and out. Looked good. Nico Horner this week, he was reactivated after that gruesome hamstring injury, you know, a month or two ago. So we also reactivated Trevor Williams this week. He had the appendicitis with um, Bradwick being placed on the injured list. We also recalled Kyle Ryan, who pitched in the ninth inning yesterday against St. Louis. But injury is still just a major part of why the Cubs are struggling, continuing to get these guys up in the lineup. We talk about David Bodie, Matt Duffy, Rowan Wick, Justin Steele, a lot of these others just continuing to be on the injured list, hoping they'll get better for the second half. So Cubs fans, what do we have to cheer for in this second half? I mean, maybe we'll still have some of these guys on our team. Maybe we'll still have Javi. Maybe we'll still have Anthony Rizzo. Contreras, I don't see him leaving at all. There's still a good group of guys that we'll have to cheer for in this second half, and especially the professor, I mean, Kyle Hendricks. For the first time in his career, he'll have the chance to win 20 games in a season. He has the league best right now with 11. We saw him just a dominating win yesterday again. That was his 11th win. I mean, unfortunately, the professor, we just would love to see him, you know, get more and more credit and more national attention in this second half. I mean, in the last five years, he's top five in ERA with over a thousand innings pitched. The only players that he trail in the league are Clayton Kershaw, Jacob deGrom, and Corey Kluber. Listen to that list, deGrom, Kershaw, Kluber, and Hendricks. I mean, he is one of the league best but not really acknowledged like it. He's also number one in the league since 2016 with the lowest opponent's exit velocity. He also has the lowest walk rate in the league in the last multiple seasons. So the professor, his stuff is just unmatched, just unmatched. Stuff is nasty. So Nico Horner, we can also talk about him in this second half. He He's terrific. We can see his development continue as one of the top second basemen in the entire league. Wilson Contreras, I mean, he's a very, very strong leader. I wouldn't want any other catcher behind the plate in the league. He's became one of my favorite players, one of, you know, Cubby Blue favorite players. So 
strong leader. We'll see him keep improving at the plate, you know, batting first, second, third, who knows, just at the top of the order, and always picking off those aggressive runners from around the league. We even saw him do it yesterday. I mean, Willie's got a cannon behind the plate. He's always fun to watch and brings so much energy to the game. Talk about Adbert Alzale's impressive young start. I mean, he added a three pitches in the last two seasons. He added a sinker, a slider, and a cutter. Yeah, all of those definitely need to develop against those left-handed batters that he's been struggling with this season. So that'll be something to really tune into. But, I mean, his stuff has been tremendous this year, and he's very young. So Adbert Alzale, keep an eye on him. Patrick Wisdom, his success is unreal. We saw... You know, the call-up with him, rookie of the year candidate for sure. He's leading the league in rookies and home runs with 12 already. He had a huge home run yesterday against the former team, St. Louis Cardinals, and he's swung it honestly the best against his former team. So he could be a new fan favorite here after these trades happen. Who knows? After the trades, we could also see a lot of more playing time out of Rafael Ortega, Alcantara, Patrick Mills, Jake Marisnik, and Shaniros. So... So definitely some players to keep eyes on throughout this second half of the season. I mean, there will be a lot of fun still up in Wrigley. There will be a lot of good names, good baseball being played. But mainly, we want to keep an eye on that pitching staff. I mean, that's where my eyes are most drawn to with the professor. Adbert Alzale, Justin Steele coming back from the rotation. His stuff is just nasty. We also have Meeks, Marquez, Caraway, Keegan Thompson. A lot of players returning from injuries, as we mentioned earlier in this podcast. David Bodie, Matt Duffy, Andrew Romine just came back. He's down in Iowa. And again, that name, Justin Steele, man, I can't wait to see him in this second half. So will David Ross's coaching approach and attitude really change the rest of the season with maybe a different lineup, different group of guys? Who knows what will happen? But we also know that his contract, David Ross's coaching contract, ends after this season. So will he be re-signed? to come back and coach the beloved Chicago Cubbies just after those quick two seasons he had. I mean, COVID, a lot to adjust to in the front office. I mean, I would love to see Papa Ross back coaching another season here at Wrigley Field. So always going to be keeping an eye on the sticky substances around the league and all the investigating. So Cubbies, keep your heads up. Who knows who we'll have in this second half of the season. But as you all have... Slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. 